Well, hello, YouTube Power Hour squad. Erica here with another interview for you for the podcast. And for this episode, I am interviewing Gwen Lane. But before we dive into who Gwen Lane is and the interview, I want to thank my returners. Thank you for coming back week after week and to welcome the newbies here. I know I'm constantly getting new people discovering the podcast. So if you are thinking about starting a YouTube channel or maybe you have one and you just need some inspiration, some advice, some tips, some strategies, then this is the podcast for you. So make sure you subscribe because I have some amazing interviews that are coming your way if you're not subscribed already. And also follow me on Instagram at beauty in the vlog. And if you're loving this episode, if you're getting inspired by it, if you are feeling like you just want to take on the world, then share it, share it with your audience, share it on your Instagram and make sure you tag me because I repost all the stories and everything that you guys send me. And I love, love getting them. And I love to see how you guys are really taking the things that you're learning in this podcast and actually implementing it. I can't tell you how many DMs and emails I get of people saying, hey, that episode inspired me. That one inspired me. So I absolutely love it when you guys do that and make sure you share it. So also, you know, my goal of doubling the number of downloads that I do for 2019 and that helps big time. And so for my interview for today is with Gwen of the LA Girl. So let me ask you something. What is the best way to reach out to brands? Are you ready to work with a brand? How do you get attention of a brand that you love? I get asked these questions all the time from creatives and influencers looking to monetize their YouTube channels and Instagram accounts via brand collaborations and partnerships. All of these questions and more were answered in today's episode where I get the nitty gritty from influencer Gwen of LA Girl on what it takes today in 2019 to actually get noticed by brands and love and land that coveted brand deal opportunity. So in this episode, we blow past the basics because you've heard them all before in all the other podcasts and articles and videos, and we provide the hard truth about the influencer landscape of today and what you need to do right now to make sure you stand out from the pack. So a little bit about Gwen and her bio. She is a digital influencer and entrepreneur based in sunny Los Angeles. She started her travel and lifestyle media company, The LA Girl, in 2014 after working in entertainment marketing for 12 plus years. After side hustling for two years, she replaced her six-figure salary as a marketing director through brands sponsorships and has partnered with brands like Nike, Target, Starbucks, Nordstrom's, Verizon, United Airways, Disney, Facebook, and more. She now teaches other digital influencers how to get sponsored by brands through her online learning community, The Spark Society. When she's not taking pictures of her food at the newest LA restaurant or helping influencers monetize their brand, she's hiking in the mountains with her husband, Luke, or spending time with their spoiled, rotten, rescue Pomeranian poochie. So I hope you enjoy this interview. And one last reminder, if you have a YouTube channel, which I'm assuming you do, <laughs> and you are looking for some guidance, you are looking for a community, you are looking for strategy, uh, and just help with growing or starting your channel, then I encourage you to head on over to ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp, where you can sign up for the waitlist for my upcoming bootcamp. Enrollment is happening soon, you guys. The last time I opened up doors to the bootcamp was back in August. So I get so many emails and DMs and Facebook messages asking me when I'm opening up the doors for the next bootcamp. So I know there's a lot of you out there that want to get in. And like I have before, I'm limiting the number of spots. So if you want to make sure that you are going to get into this bootcamp, add your name to the waitlist, ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp so that uh, you'll be first to get all the updates and get your spot. And if you've already signed up for the waitlist, then you're fine. So as people have asked me, if I signed up before, do I still get wait? Yes, you're still fine. But if you're brand new, you've never signed up for the waitlist for the bootcamp and you're interested, then definitely sign up so that you are first to grab your spot. All right. Without further ado, here's the interview. Mwah. Well, hello, Gwen. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Erica. So great to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you and to chat all about 
being an influencer and making money as an influencer. Oh my gosh, I get so many questions about that, um, you know, about monetizing all that. So I'm super excited to dive in with that because I know that that is your expertise. But before we get into that part of things, why don't we start with how you got started in this whole world of being an influencer? Sure. So I was working in digital marketing and entertainment for about 10 years before I actually started my blog, The LA Girl. And it was just something that I wanted to do on the side as a hobby to kind of just do um, a place, have a place to like express myself creatively. I've always loved writing. I'm also an artist. So it was just something that I was like, what do I know a lot about? I know about LA because I grew up here. And then people were always asking me um, what to do, things to do and places to go. And so that's kind of how I started the LA girl in 2014. Um, And when I first started, it was just a bunch of blog posts. And I actually started on Twitter. Oh, um, Twitter. (laughs) thing back then. It was the place to be um, before like Instagram really started getting big. Um, And then I started growing a following then and started getting invited to like events and things like that. Um, And then when I started on Instagram, I really started growing that audience. And that's when I started getting reached out to by brands. And then I realized it was actually a thing. That's so interesting that you actually, so you started on Twitter. It wasn't your blog that you started. It was actually Twitter. Yeah. So I started on Twitter, just tweeting things about LA. And then I started my blog shortly after, because I was like, where am I going to send these people? Mm -hmm. Because I can only do how many characters or 40 characters right on Twitter. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I can't just do tweets. And so I was like, I need a place to send them to. And so that's when I started the blog. And what year was that? That was 2014. 2014. And then shortly, was it shortly after that when you got into Instagram or when was it that you kind of transitioned into Instagram? So it was probably like a couple months later. I mm. mean, I was doing Instagram for fun, like for me mm-hmm. and more like a personal Instagram. And then I'm like, okay, this has to be part of my channel and part of my platform as a whole. So I started integrating, you know, my blog and my tweets with Instagram. Uh-huh. And then you said that Instagram is really kind of what took off for you. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's kind of where the brands hang out and mm-hmm. look to work with influencers. So when they would see that I would go to different events and go to different restaurants, I would get a lot of outreach from brands in LA because they started to see that my uh, audience was so targeted. And it was for women in LA. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, you have a great niche. You're not just like another fashion blogger, lifestyle, or, you know, Instagram, or it was very specific and targeted. Yeah, definitely. I feel like people, all people wanted to be in front of millennial women and being in the LA market, that was such a plus. So I definitely think that niching down was the way to go. Mm -hmm. And so that was in around 2014. So how soon after you were doing this kind of influencer thing or Instagram thing that you actually started to monetize? Right. So it took about six months until I started to actually get offered payment for covering events or doing sponsored posts or sponsored blog posts. And before that, it was just like, you know, here are some samples or come to a restaurant for a tasting, which was great. It was fun. Um, and I even got my first sponsored trip uh, by Ben and Jerry's to go to Vermont to their ice cream factory and do a whole like food blogger thing. It was such a fun time. And um, it was shortly after that that I realized, you know, like, this is great. Like, free stuff is great. But um, what if I I could actually create a business and monetize through this? And that's when I think the first brand that reached out to me was just like, hey, can you do a post uh, on this event to promote it to your audience? Here's like $100. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, for sure. Sure. I was going to do it for free anyway. But yeah, (laughs) if you want to pay me. So that, I mean, that's great. So after six months, you started, um, so it sounds like the brands were more reaching out to you. Yes. So Mm -hmm. actually, even now, um, most of the brands that I work with is pure outreach. And I always tell people this all the time that brands and marketers, they're looking to work with digital influencers every day because 
they know what their marketing schedule is, right? As someone who was in the marketing side, like we plan our campaigns, you know, a year ahead of time or Mm -hmm. way ahead of time. So we know if we're going to put budget towards influencer marketing, we need to find those influencers. So um, knowing what happens on that side, I kind of knew that, you know, what I needed to do was attract those brands. So when they are looking, um, they'd be able to find me. So when you, so when you mean outreach, you mean the brands outreaching to you? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I find that too. It seems like, I mean, I'm curious to get your perspective on this, but it seems like for the most part, brands have, I mean, they have people, marketing people that their sole job is looking for influencers and finding the right targeted influencers. And, you know, they, they reach out to them. Do you think it's worthwhile to invest time and energy and resources into reaching out to brands? Also, yeah, so I actually do both. So I do uh, outreach, especially if there's a company that I actually really want to work with specifically, or if I have a campaign or some sort of content that I know that I want, you know, let's say I'm doing some sort of, you know, uh, holiday content and I'm looking for um, a certain product guide or something, then I kind of have an idea of who I'd want to pitch. So in that case, like if you already know the content, so for example, uh, for people, with YouTube channels and doing videos, if you know that you're going to be talking about a certain product or something like that, you can go ahead and pitch to brands and it may not be something that they thought about before, but they love ideas and you're basically doing their job for them. Definitely. So for you, I mean, this was a few years ago, like what, probably around 2015-ish when you were just starting to monetize your, your Instagram, right? Right. Yeah. And so were you, um, at that point, how many followers did you have? Um, I started to monetize around 10,000 followers, um, which is still pretty small. But as you know, like even now, a lot of brands want to work with what they're calling micro influencers because they have a higher engagement, a higher, like a more engaged audience. Um, And so at that point, it was still fairly new. Influencer marketing was just barely blowing up. Um, So I think that, you know, it was around 10,000. I didn't even know that that was possible. And so, um, I, I was like really surprised and I was really happy about it. Um, but yeah, so it was around 10,000 when I started getting reached out to an offering payment, but there were still brands that were only willing to give me free product or tickets or things like that. Yeah. That's what I, that was like kind of the next question. Cause I know one of the things that comes up a lot is for, you know, some influencers and, and now I, mean, I want to get your perspective on it, that it does seem like you know, brands are maybe a little bit more discerning with size too. Like they're looking maybe, you know, 15,000, 20,000, 25,000 followers on, on Instagram before they start paying. And then before that, it's like, no, they like, well, here's some product and here's some product. How do you get out of that? <laughs> that post for product rat race. <laughs> That's funny you ask that, Erica, because I actually have a term for that. I call it the free fall. The free it's fall. like where you're so happy. First, you like have this, it's like this double-edged sword, right? You mm-hmm. are so happy because you're actually starting to work with brands or sending you things. And then you find like, oh my God, you have so much makeup and shoes and clothes and stuff like that, which is great in the beginning, kind of like the honeymoon, right? And then you kind of are like, wait a minute, I have all this stuff. Um, I'm shooting for them all the time and I'm not getting paid for my time and my effort. And so there's becomes like a shift that starts where you start thinking about, oh my God, like, is this a business or is this a hobby? And this is what I tell my students all the time. Um, And that's something I guess we haven't talked about yet about me teaching other influencers Mm -hmm. how to do this. But um, so what I tell them is like, you have to, there comes a point where you need to decide if this is going to be something you take seriously as a business or not, because as a business, you need to make money and you can't just be accepting free stuff all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's true. It's you're like, okay, this is great, but makeup doesn't pay the bills. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. definitely something I keep saying. And I think it's great to build up your portfolio to show other brands what you've done with other brands before. Um, and it's kind of like an internship, right? Like kind of like you have experience with working with brands. You can show brands that you've worked with other brands before and they can kind of get a feel for what kind of content you will create for them. But comes there comes a time where you need to kind of just um, 
tell, give them your rates and say no and really treat yourself like a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how to say my next question. You kind of answered it, but so how is somebody, you know, who's listening, who maybe they, maybe they're even at like, you know, 40,000 followers and, or, you know, that kind of number. And they're, they're doing a lot of posts for product and things like that. How do they make that transition and that shift uh, into actually monetizing and making it a business? Great question, Erica. This is a lot of where influencers get stuck because I've even talked to influencers with 100,000 followers who have not made a dime Mm. on anything because they keep accepting the free stuff and the free posts. And the shift really comes in where you have to put your foot down and you have to say no. And even if they don't have the budget to pay or if they aren't willing to pay, then you're just going to have to to not accept it. And so I think it has a lot to do with your worth. And I think as online entrepreneurs and as women, and, you know, we get into the worthiness conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But something that I coach my students on is like, when you go into this hair salon, do you expect to get your hair cut for free? No, right? You actually, you know, you're going to have to pay some money to get that done. And tip, yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I mean, you can't just walk into the nail salon and be like, I would like to have free nail service please. And you can't do that. And so you have to really um, put your foot down and be like, I am a business. You guys are a business. I'm promoting your services or I'm promoting, um, I'm advertising you to my audience that I spent many years growing and every day cultivating and engaging. Um, it costs money to do that. It costs me time mm-hmm. to come up with a creative content. Um, for you, I'm sure like the videos, it takes time to produce, to shoot, to edit and all of that stuff. Like how many hours are you spending on this content that you are getting paid? Like, let's say a uh, hundred dollars worth of makeup. Is mm-hmm. that worth it to you? And you have to put, there comes a point where you have to make decisions uh, to be for your business and not just, you know, for the brand. And I, I love that. It's, it's so true. It's, you're looking at really what is, like you said, what is your worth? And it, and then so many people are looking outward of like, well, um, you know, how much should I charge or how much, you know, I'm too small and this and that. I mean, you can decide to do whatever you want to do. There's influencers that from the beginning, or, you know, maybe they're at 5,000, they say, no, I'm going to charge. And I make amazing, beautiful content on Instagram. And there's people and, and same thing on YouTube. You know, I work, you know, you know, I work with a ton of YouTubers and I have many, many uh, girls that have gone through my boot camp who are at even 500 subscribers or a thousand subscribers who are, you know, doing sponsored content because they're, they made a decision that, my time is more valuable. My worth is more valuable. The, the content and work that I'm creating is of value. And I'd rather not do it than do it for peanuts or do it, um, you know, for, for product or something like that. Yes, I totally agree. It mm-hmm. really comes to a point where you need to make that shift and that decision for yourself. And just through my experience, Erica, I feel like the minute that you do that, the the brands that are willing to pay for you and those that value you will actually come. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there will a hundred percent, there will be brands that will never pay for it. They, they just won't. That's kind of their MO or they're only going to pay for those people out there that've got, you know, half a million or a million and followers. And, and that's fine. You know, it's like they, maybe that brand you're saying, okay, I will take product for that. I'm not going to let them tell me how to do things, but I'll take product so I don't have to pay for that product and I'm going to do however I want to do it. You know, you can still kind of negotiate those terms too. You don't have to be like, okay, yeah, I'll make like four videos for this one package of product. It's like, okay, I'll take the product, but I'm going to do what I want with it. (laughs) And I know a lot of influencers do that route too also, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So there's definitely ways to, you know, like make that more valuable to the brand. Uh, For example, you were talking about like, you know, the content that you're shooting, like there's different ways to package things so that a brand more willing to pay and there's more strategy towards that. But at the end of the day, it really is like, what are you willing to accept? And what do you think you deserve? And how are you going to, um, I guess, accept that from a brand? And I always talk about it in terms of like a job, right? Because people understand, you know, the influencer world and the digital world and the YouTube world is still fairly new to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But in the case of a job, it's like if you wanted, you know, I don't know, $50,000 and a brand says, 
no, you have to work for free. One, that's unacceptable, right? <laughs> and if you t- if they say that's twenty thousand, you're like, no, you know. But maybe I'll do it for forty, but you need to give me some perks or something like that, right? So there is always room for negotiation. And as a marketer coming from the brand side, I know there's money if they really want to work with you, and that is if they think that you're the best fit for that campaign, they will find the money to work with you if they really want to. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, a big key to what you were doing is, and and for an influencer, is to start really, you know, creating the content that will attract the right brands um, or that, you know, to have the brands find you. So, you know, how does somebody go about curating their content, creating their content so they are attracting the right brands and the brands that are willing to pay? Right. So for me, it's all about thinking about your audience and really knowing who they are. Mm -hmm. So for example, for my audience, for the LA girl, it was, you know, millennial women in LA. And what do they want to know? They want to know where to go, what to do, how to, you know, save money, how to, um, you know, how to, I guess, do how... (laughs) I guess their thing is like, what are the things that you can do in the city that you don't have to spend an arm and a leg from because it's so expensive to live here, right? And so that was one of my things is like figuring out what my audience wants. And then the secondary thing is what brands would provide value to my audience. Mm -hmm. And so when I thought of it that way, instead of like, oh, what brands do I want to get free stuff from? And what brands do I want to work with? I really put my audience first. And I think brands really recognize that because when they go through my content, they see that I'm putting my audience first and talking to them. And if they fit into my calendar and if they fit into my content, then I would be able to work with them. That's great. So what would be the best way to get the attention of a brand? If you've like, I love what you said about really understanding your audience, you know, knowing who she is, knowing her interests and really being of service to her by thinking about the products and services um, brands that would really benefit her. So once you've figured that out and you've you know targeted those those brands, what is, what is the best way to get their attention through your content? Um, so this is a really good question because I um, I always tell my students that brands um, sometimes they don't even want to work with anyone that's not already posted about them or mentioned them in something beforehand. So mm-hmm. a lot of brands. Um, really care about brand affinity and if you are a loyal fan already. So what I like to do is I like to create like a brand's wish list on who I want to work with and I kind of start warming them up. So one way to do that would be to follow them, of course, on Instagram because why wouldn't you be following your brand that you really love, right? And engaging with their content. So already like commenting. And so whoever is managing that account or social media manager or if marketing people are looking at that, which they do pretty much every week or every month, they're noticing who are their fans, right? Mm -hmm. And then what I like to do is if I own the product or wear the brand, I tag them in my post and whether or not they paid me to do it, I could be like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing some content, but then I tag who I'm wearing. Right. Or if I'm, you know, drinking out of a hydro flask bottle, um, I, I tag hydro flask. Right. And it doesn't have, I'm not promoting the brand, but people have seen that I drink out of that bottle. Mm -hmm. And so the next time, if I want to like, let's say reach out to hydro flask, I could be like, Hey, I love your water bottles. I use them all the time. Here are some links to some Instagram posts that I already um, featured you in without you even having to pay me. And then um, I could also say like, I put you in my gift guide and my blog. And so what you could do is like butter up them up a bit and kind mm-hmm. of warm that up and show that you're actually a real fan. And then if they check, they can check to see that you're already following them and that you're already engaging with their content online. And I think that's the best way that if you are going to take the approach of reaching out to brands is like you said, I love like buttering them up. It's like, it's going to be a warm outreach in the sense that you're not completely like randomly emailing this brand that's like, oh yeah, I would love for them to pay me or for me them to send me free product that you've never talked about, that you've never posted, that is totally, it would be total cold outreach. Whereas they're like, here, like you said, I love you. I use you. This is like an organic thing that I use all the time or I've posted and I would love to, you know, work with you and, and really establish that relationship even further. 
So true, because like it doesn't really make sense if you've never used the product before, right? Um, and it also just feels more authentic because like why would you recommend something to someone that you've never tried before and that you don't use yourself, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I always tell influencers, it's like, I would want to work with brands that I actually really love. And one, it's easier, right? Because it's like when you don't know the brand and what are you going to say in the caption? It's a little awkward. (laughs) And then like at this time, like they could see that that it's actually real. And that's one big thing that brands look for is authenticity. They don't want you to just like, hey, try out this awesome thing that I've never tried before. And it looks really weird because I don't really use it. You know, Um, I think people and brands can see through that. Oh, 100%. And I think brands are starting to get a little bit smarter too. And I think that's also where the rise of the micro-influencer comes from is that authenticity and brand affinity because, yeah, they could spend a certain amount of money to get this influencer with a million followers to talk about their product and it's going to be obviously looking like an ad, right? Or they can use that same amount of money and maybe work with 50 micro-influencers who actually love their product and have loyal followings themselves and it's a more genuine type of a post which probably will be more effective so true and i actually really like it when brands want to do long-term uh campaigns and ambassadorships because it's like you see not just one ad right like one post like what is that that's great Mm -hmm. but if you have like posts and stories and you're doing it like once a month it really shows that you're actually using the product and it's something that you incorporate into your daily life and so i really like that brands are moving towards that um so then it's more authentic and you can talk about it more to your followers Do you think that is what more brands are doing now is kind of getting a, a, because I've seen this too. It's like a a group of influencers that it's like, you know, their ambassadors and they're posting every month and they're giving them a fee every month and also giving them product every month. Um, And then they've got their like kind of core group of influencers. Uh, do, Do you see that that's kind of the route that brands are going into? Well, smart brands with smart marketing teams should be doing that. (laughs) So, I mean, like, it makes sense, right? Because, like, what um, company goes, does a TV commercial and does one spot? Right. Like, no, nobody does that anymore. And with all the distraction and online and digital that we see and consume every single day, like that's why the ads follow us everywhere. Right. Because we need to see it multiple times to actually Mm -hmm. think about, hey, I should get that. So it's the same thing with influencer marketing. It's like doing one post is not as effective as uh, having an influencer kind of be your spokesperson and your ambassador. Um, So I definitely hope that brands are going to do that. I've seen some brands start doing that. And I really like that approach. I think it's a more effective approach. Like you said, it's like, you know, if you have one influencer that has say 50,000, you know, real authentic, actual followers, and you know, they're posting, you know, a couple times a month about this product, those people are going to see that multiple times, right? And then it might take that fourth or fifth time for them to like, oh, yeah, I know, like, you know, Susie Q loves this, um, I don't know, like this coffee mug. And I, I'm totally, you know, I, I'm going to get it. I'm in the mood for a coffee mug right now. And I know she's been talking about it. I'm going to get it. Yeah. As opposed to like seeing that big, you know, whatever post from a Kardashian randomly, you're like, oh, okay. You know, you see it once you're like, oh yeah, that looks kind of cool. And then you forget about it. Right. Cause it, they, they don't, maybe they, they're not going to post again about that product ever again. So that same audience isn't introduced to that product multiple times um, to make that decision. Yeah, so true. I really feel like that's the way to go. And that it's I feel like that has longevity in the advertising dollars, too. So it's really the smartest way to do it. I think so, too. And so. um, All right. Why don't we go back to talking a little bit about your journey? Um, So then you were doing the influencer thing. You were working with brands. Sounds like you got you were pretty successful at that. And you decided to start teaching influencers and actually creating your own course and membership site. Where was the shift there? What happened between becoming an influencer and in doing what you're doing now? Sure. So when I started doing this, I did not know how big the potential was. And I did not know until about a year in that this was something that I could really do full time and leave my corporate job for. So about two and a half years into doing this as a side hustle with my marketing job, I was able to replace my full time 
salary as a marketing director in entertainment with just my influencer business and doing brand sponsorships. So that was like a big, huge thing for me. And, um, it was when I was able to tell my boss, um, who followed me on Instagram and knew this was happening and was pretty much probably waiting for the, my two weeks notice to come. And I asked for a meeting and he was like, is it time? And I'm like, yeah, it's time. It was awesome. He was so supportive. He knew that it was something I I was doing on the side. And I was at the point where I was missing out on opportunities because I stayed at my nine to five job. Like I couldn't go to events or I couldn't go on influencer trips because I just didn't have any vacation left. And Mm. so I really had to make that decision. It was still uh, a big leap, even though the financial was pretty good because, you know, you have to think about all the entrepreneur stuff, right? You have to think about like benefits Mm. and like how, what happens on a lean month when I don't have a lot of brand sponsorship, because it is kind of like freelance work where it's, you know, one-offs or you have to make sure you have enough clients, right. To get, to make ends meet. And so, um, it took me a couple months to really pull the trigger. And then when I did, I was really, really happy uh, to do that because I really had the freedom and the time. Um, and of course, everything worked out in the end and it just freed up the time to work with more brands and start teaching. And so when I started teaching, I started teaching at the YouTube space and I was teaching creators how to monetize their content on top of AdSense revenue on YouTube. And so I started talking to them about Instagram and brand sponsorships. And I really, really love the teaching part. I've always been teaching. I've done workshops throughout my marketing career. And it's just something that I really, really love. I think it's my number one passion is to help other people um, with what I was given and kind of like how I was able to experience this and do this. And so I realized that I was getting asked the same question over and over again. It was like, how do I monetize? How do I even start a brand? How do I even reach out to brands? How do I get brands to reach out to me? And so I decided to create my program for digital influencers and I teach them how to build their brand. I teach them how to grow their following and how to position themselves as influencers to get sponsored by brands. So was there something that kind of made you think like, huh, like I should move beyond just being an influencer and teaching? Was it that opportunity to teach at the YouTube space or was there anything else that kind of said, you know what, I'm actually going to make this a business? I don't know. Actually, I feel like it was all leading up to this because I was teaching and then I was talking to people. I got invited to some events and doing some talks and stuff. Um, and then it was just like the same questions. And I'm like, why don't I have a channel kind of like similar to the LA girl? Like, what should I do this weekend? Gwen? Mm-hmm. Right. right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I, I would have some way to help other people who always had questions about this influencer journey. If they were just getting started, all of these questions on like, how do I grow my following? It was, it was beginning to be the same thing. And as much as I know you, you have this um, challenge as well, Erica, it's like, as much as we want to help everyone, we only have so much time in a day, right? Like we can't Mm -hmm. talk to a million people in one day, but they can read our blog posts, watch our video or uh, go through our program. And that was kind of the way that I thought that I could help the most people and kind of help them effectively was to launch a program that would help them go through the step-by-step process and not just like listen to one of my talks or read one of my blog posts. Yeah, I think that's I think that's amazing. So are you still doing the influencer thing too? Like are you still working with brands on that end of thing? Yes. So I run two businesses. I run the LA girl and that has been very, very busy this time. Um, because I've, I've recently worked with some of the hugest brands and, um, some people always think that, you know, it, sometimes it happens overnight for us and they don't realize like, guys, I've been doing this for four years and Mm -hmm. I've been manifesting working with Disney and Facebook and big brands like American airlines. And that just happened in the past month actually. Mm. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Like I've been wanting to work with Disney forever. And it's one of those things like when they talk about like, what brands would you want to work with? And it was the same thing that happened with Nike where I wanted to work with them and it took them three years to finally reach out to me. And, Mm -hmm. um, it took that long and I was tagging all my Nike shoes and all my Nike sports bras, um, buttering them up and they finally reached out and I worked with Nike women on a couple campaigns. And so, um, like I said, if, if you want it, um, there 
there's ways to get it and really put yourself out there and uh, really knowing your worth and what you're willing to accept. So, for example, uh, you know, Disney, how how did this finally come about? Like, how did you go from, you know, really wanting to make this happen to it actually happening? So Disney was something that like, you know, when people talk about like what brands do you want to work with? Disney has I've always been a fan of Disney. Like I love Disneyland. Um, I feel like, you know, we're all kids at heart. Mm-hmm. And um, I had posted a few things on my blog and Instagram about Disney. And they just reached out and said, we have this campaign for Mickey's 90th birthday, and we'd love for you to be part of it. And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> That's I didn't amazing. Even see like the numbers yet. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, and actually, they did come with a lower offer and I had to negotiate. And mm. there was part of me that was fearful of like, and I'm sure you, you've you had this too, where it's like, do I just say yes yeah. or yeah. do counter? Because what if they say no? What if I lose the deal? Like all these fears coming up of like, okay, do I really want, like, how much do I really want to work with Disney? And how much am I willing to undercut my prices? And I took a chance. I said, you know what? Like, I think that my, my content is valuable. I know it's Disney, but this is what my usual rate. And please let me know either way, if you guys can work with us or not. And they came back and they said, yes. Wow. So are you doing posts or what, what is kind of, what are you doing? Yeah, so it's an Instagram campaign, Mm -hmm. and that's actually launching uh, end of December. So um, it's going to be coming out soon, so you guys will see it. How cool. That's awesome. So you get to go to Disneyland and do a bunch of fun stuff? It's actually a product campaign, so it was, uh, uh, you'll see, it's in different locations. It's kind of a fun one for Mickey's 90th. Oh, cool. That's so fun. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I know Disney, especially, same thing, you're from LA, I'm from LA. I mean, it's like, I grew up going to Disneyland, and there are certain certain brands and institutions of work, you know, growing up, you're like, oh my God, that would be amazing. So congrats on that. That's exciting. Thank you. Well, I really have been wanting to work with them, but I've noticed, you know, because I've been stalking, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, you should be stalking the brands you want to work with. They only work with like a lot of moms and a Mm -hmm. lot of kids because why not? That is their target market, like families, right? And so when I got this, I was like, oh my God, it's the perfect campaign. And obviously they were looking for, you know, my demographic. And that's why I really am uh, advising everyone, you know, really stick to your audience and your content, because if that brand has a campaign that targets those people, you don't want to, you want to be the one that they go to because they know that that's who you serve. So I think that's also like a really good point that you just made about stalking the brand, um, really like stalking the brand, like looking at every other, all other posts, but also stalking, like you said, the, influencers that the brands work with. So if you want to work with a brand and you see, you know, they're regramming certain influencers or whatever, like see who those influencers are and what they're doing and the type of content that they're putting out that this brand seems to be attracted to. Totally. I mean, I'm a big believer of like emulate before you innovate, right? Mm. It's like there are lots of influencers doing it successfully and you can learn from them. And the Mm -hmm. great thing is everything's public. They have to, uh, they have to put that it's a sponsored post. And so you'll know like who are these brands already worked with because they have to tag them and they have to put hashtag sponsored on Mm -hmm. the post. So you can actually see what is sponsored and what isn't. Without hesitation, I signed up for Erica's boot camp this year and it just wrapped up recently and it seriously changed my life. Because of this boot camp, I was able to capitalize on a current trend and gain over 10,000 views on one of my videos. Before this boot camp, I was lucky if I could get 100 views. Boot camp is for you if you, like I was, are putting a lot of time and effort into your channel without seeing tangible results. I even hit my goal of 5,000 subscribers during the boot camp, growing almost 2,000 subscribers in just 90 days. You know, during the boot camp, I had some breakthroughs and gained, I don't know how many subscribers in one month, I think 10,000 from the boot camp. During the time of the boot camp, one of my videos even hit 70,000 views and I surpassed 1,000 subscribers. I have 
created relationships where I will be friends with people for life. My channel is at 18,400 subscribers now. I have increased my watch time by about 30 or 40 seconds, which is awesome. I feel kind of like an SEO genius now, and I feel like my videos have a better quality to them overall. I feel like taking this boot camp helped me to really niche down and find that one area that I was super passionate about making videos about. I started this boot camp with only 9,138 subscribers. Now I have 11,375 subscribers and it's just growing each and every day thanks to Erica. Even after the first week, I knew that the bootcamp was one of the, do you know what, the best decision I had ever made for myself, let alone just my YouTube channel. Do you work really hard on your YouTube channel, listen to all the marketing experts and do all the hacks, tricks, and strategies, but are just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does the platform seem overwhelming with a lot to learn? And are you yearning for a community of people who understand your vision of being a YouTube influencer? Hi, I'm Erica Vieira. And if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want you to seriously consider the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. You will be joining the hundreds of bootcampers who have discovered their unique niche and have clarity with their purpose on YouTube. This isn't just another course about YouTube. This is an experience and an opportunity for you to really discover your unique purpose and niche on YouTube, which will translate into views, subscribers, and most importantly, influence and impact. Let me change your life, or at least let me change your YouTube channel for the better. Go to ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp to add your name to the waitlist so you are first to be notified when I open enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp. So do you, I'm curious, uh, because you're so, you know, heavy in Instagram, do you, you use IGTV at all? Have you found that to, when that came on board, did you find any change in what you're doing or kind of what you're teaching? No, I actually am bad and I didn't add that to my channel repertoire. Mm -hmm. So I, I do uh, Facebook, Instagram, and the blog most mm -hmm. primarily as my channels. So no IGTV, Instagram no, television. not for me. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like it, it's, you're not unique in the sense that it seems like, like not a lot of influencers uh, ended up going that route or it didn't seem to really take off. That's just from my impression. I mean, maybe the facts show differently, but just from what I've seen and talking and working with people, it doesn't seem to have taken off like, like they thought. Yeah. I think it like, if you do um, have that as one of the channels that you regularly post on, then mm -hmm. definitely add it to your package. Of course. And, yes. Uh, definitely give it to the brand as an option. Um, I like to do packages for the brands because, you know, you can charge a higher price point. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I like having the blog, even though they ask for Instagram, like if I ask for a higher rate and they want more value, then I add in the blog because it is still, I, I'm very a big uh, proponent of having your own and operated channel and platform mm -hmm. because you own that platform, right? Yeah, 100%. You know, Instagram, they change the algorithm. YouTube, they change the algorithm them. But having a blog, um, you know, that's the one thing you own or an email list, you know, you own those emails. So yes, I definitely, I definitely agree on that also. And so one other question that I have for you being in like the Instagram world is there's so many incredible, amazing opportunities to Instagram, kind of like what you talked about, but there's also a little bit of, I'd say just like, uh, like a dark side of Instagram or underbelly of Instagram in the sense of growth and all these different just growth hacks and just different, I don't know, like bots or people buying followers and all these engagement groups. Um, I'm sure you're aware of, of all that that's going on. What are your thoughts on that? On Because I, I feel that a lot of wannabe influencers or people who want to do what you're saying, they want to do it and they feel like they're trying hard, but then they feel like no one's seen my stuff. It's like, I, I have to go this route. I have to go this route of doing these huge you know, loop giveaways and paying a bunch of money for it or being in these engagement groups because that's really like the only way it can be seen. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on that or what are you seeing in that in that respect? Right. Well, it's like anything, right? It takes time to grow. And if you are 
going to do this and you have committed and decided to do this and you should be in it for the long haul. And I'm talking long haul. It's going to take a couple years. And anyone who is starting or growing a business knows that, right? Like any startup knows like in that it's going to take some time, even brick and mortar businesses, right? Like a lot of them, even restaurants don't break even until year five. And so for all these people who are looking for like a get rich quick scheme, like mm-hmm. in YouTube or Instagram, they're going to be heavily disappointed and this is what I, why I always ask my influencers, like, why are you even doing this? Like, what is your why? And is it to make an impact or is it to be famous? Because if it's just to be famous, then it's going to be really hard for you to stay motivated and consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are in here to actually make an impact and you care about the audience that you're serving, then you're going to continue to provide value for them in a daily basis. And when I'm a big believer in with your intentions, like if they're in the right place and you're really genuinely trying to help people, you will grow because you will attract people that need what you're saying and that will fall in love with you because you show your personality, you're relatable. And as you grow those followers and other people will tell them about you, um, I have so many students that talk about like body positivity and confidence where they do talk about self-love and comedy or talk about people with chronic diseases. And there's a community for everyone. There's a community uh, out there for you. So for you, it's like, how are you going to attract them? It's just, you're going to have to serve them and talk to those people as if you're talking to one person. And I think that I believe in law of attraction and that those people will come and you have to also believe in yourself, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that if you are doing this, you're in it for the right reasons and you're doing it for the right people. And whether it takes a year, two, three, five, or 10, you're going to keep doing it because it's something that you're passionate about and you really want to help other people. Yeah. I mean, I, I like how you said about just, you know, are you in it? And this is, that's exactly where I start with, you know, with my students for YouTube. It's like, you know, what is your why? Like, why are you doing this? Are you wanting to do this? Because you think, oh, I want to be YouTube famous and get lots of Because they want to be viral, Erica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be viral and, and do all that, right? Or like exactly what you said, or do you really want to make an impact? Do you want to change lives? And, you know, 10 times out of 10, everyone, at least in my programs, is like, no, I want to, like, I'm doing this because I, I want to help people. I want to change lives. I want to make an impact. Then it's like, well, then that's what you have to do. And it could be utterly exhausting being part of these engagement groups and you're spending all this time, I think, you know, doing these other hacks and tricks when, and, and a lot of it's money too. I mean, they some people are charging for different, you know, different things like these giveaways and all that stuff. And it can be utterly exhausted to, exhausting to go that route because you're constantly trying to be part of this group and, and do all that work. Whereas, you know, the focus really needs to be on serving the audience and your content. Yes, I totally agree. I think that there are some things that are great strategies, right? Like I think there's some giveaways that work really well, especially if it's like all the same people and it helps your audience. Mm -hmm. And I've done giveaways um, with a a lot of the brands actually that I've worked with and they work really well. And so if it serves your audience and it's coming from the right place and it's not just like, okay, I'm trying to grow my following, um, but it's actually like, hey, no, I'm giving two Fitbits away so people can actually get healthy and January and you team up with a group of people, then, you know, I think it really comes down to intention and what you really want to do. Yeah. And it's like you said, always going through, always going through the lens of how am I serving? If this, this strategy or tactic or whatever you're doing makes sense and is can benefit your avatar, your, you know, ideal, I would say viewer, because it's always YouTube, but you know, ideal follower, then it makes sense. And that's the great, uh, great route to go. So yeah, it's just having that discerning hat of, okay, is this going to help people and making decisions off of that? Yeah, definitely. That would be the number one thing. And like, if the answer is yes, and it feels right, then definitely do it. I mean, I've made the mistake before of doing like a really big loop giveaway. Mm. And it was with some really big influencers. And I thought that it would be like a very good idea because people have had results from it before. And I ended up losing most of those followers like in within a week. And so Mm. it was a waste of money. And I really learned hard that like, 
like if I'm going to do a giveaway or some sort of thing like that, it'd have to be smaller and it'd have to be really targeted because it was just like a free for all and everybody just wanted to, to win whatever the prize was. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like those types of loop giveaways have, I mean, they charge and they have amazing prizes, but like you said, they're not super discerning as to who's going to do it. It's like whoever's willing to pay, you're part of the loop giveaway. And it's, you know, it's not a curated group of YouTube or, you know, people doing certain types of content. It's like, okay, it's open to these people. And if you want to be part of it, great, you know, and then you're just one of those accounts. And then it becomes, like you said, you're not getting, you're not necessarily getting the followers that you want anyways. You're getting a whole group of people just to follow you for that giveaway that, Yeah. yeah. And they don't end up engaging with your content. And so it actually brings your engagement rate down, which is bad for brands. All right. So let's talk a little bit about engagement. That was the next on my list that I wanted to chat with you about. So, you know, and we all know that with Instagram and YouTube, engagement is key. Uh, Brands really look at engagement. That's kind of the other metric, you know, addition and following count is engagement. And what are your strategies for for, for having that type of engagement that brands are looking for? So I really feel like um, whenever I share something like vulnerable or a personal story, my engagement is so much higher than anything else. And so like really, um, for Instagram at least, like really putting in a lot of you personally in it because at the end of the day, they're following your channel because of you, right? And they want to know you and they really like you and they want to know more about you. And so for me, I feel like that's one really good thing that I've seen has brought about a lot of engagement. Um, Second would be, you know, getting them involved and asking questions and getting them to really uh, think about things that start conversations, because if they don't care, right, if it's just like, oh, here's a pretty picture and a quote, like, Mm -hmm. what are they going to say? Like, great photo or whatever. It's like a kind of like a thoughtless comment. And it's better to have more a thoughtful comments. And brands really like it when, um, you say something about a brand that's interesting and then the your followers start talking about the brand. Um, at my last event where we had some huge brands coming, they said that's something that they really pay attention to is when they start tagging the brand in the comments because they're mm. talking about it. It's like a really huge indicator of success for them. Yeah, it's like you do have to be very thoughtful about your posts. It's not just about posting pretty pictures anymore. It's about sparking conversation, creating conversation. Yeah, like good vibes does not cut it anymore. No. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm tempted sometimes to just put like good vibes. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, what am I going to upload? Okay, good vibes. Uh, And you won't get any engagement that way, you know? You're consistent, but it's like, okay, that's boring. (laughs) Yeah, and I always think that I'm using my post as like a – you know, a, uh, a concept for brands. Cause they, brands will stalk you, you guys. Like if you don't think brands are looking at like what you wrote or your comment, your uh, comments from three posts ago, they look because they're vetting you to see if you would be a good fit for them. And they're seeing how you talk. If you're engaging with your followers, if you put thought and intention into your post, because that's what they're going to expect you to do when they work with you. Yeah, these brands, they do. I mean, it's all public too. So it's like, you know, maybe they're looking to see how you're interacting and working with other brands or if they they maybe see, okay, have they done other sponsored content? How is that con- content? How much engagement is that sponsored content getting? So, I mean, the brands do their homework. A hundred percent they do. Definitely. And they do make decisions within not even a couple of minutes mm-hmm. on if they're going to work with you or not because they can instantly tell like if they like your look and feel and then once they do they dive into their content and start reading and stalking you and then like they're gonna see like are, is this an authentic person that we want to work with yeah I think that's great um and then one last thing I wanted to chat with you a little bit about is really on any tools or resources for um posting so when you post since you do you know you have you still do your LA girl are you using, like, do you, do you plan your posts ahead of time? Uh, do you use any type of apps to help you with that? Um, how, do you, how is your process for doing your 
Instagram content right now for the LA girl? Yeah, so definitely. I plan way in advance as much as possible. Um, I try to plan a quarter in advance. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, but that's just me because I'm a marketer. And so like, I'm just so used to planning things like so far in advance. I was in movie marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So when you do movies, like, you know, how far ahead that is, like, you know, when they're in production, and when marketing starts, you trailers start months and months before like Christmas movies start in like summer, right? Uh, You already know what's coming out in Christmas. And so I was very happy to get that experience because I'm a really big planner. And the good thing about planning ahead of time is you can really uh, be intentional and provide really great content. And so if I'm talking about holiday in, you know, November, when we're talking about gift guides and when people start shopping, like I know that, you know, a few months before I'm already talking to brands, I'm already pitching. So it's really good when we're talking about brands because you can start pitching and reaching out to them months before they're even talking about holiday. And then if you have photo shoots and you're planning those out, you can plan those way in advance. So when I, uh, plan out my Instagram content, I I use Planoly. It's my favorite scheduling tool. Yeah, I know people have different ones, but that one is my favorite just because it's so visual and you can plan your grid ahead of time. Um, and so I have a specific way, I'm sure you do too, of how you want things to look. And mm-hmm. so I just try to cue things up and I put the captions in there and try to plan everything ahead of time. And for my blog, I also have an editorial calendar so I can see how everything kind of fits together as a whole as a brand, um, because there are brands that will check out my blog as well um, and kind of see how things are cohesive and how things feed into each other. So if they do like a sponsored blog post, how will it be uh, distributed right through all my other channels? So when you're planning, do you like, you know, say right now we're recording this, it's around the holidays. So are you looking at say, you know, March and do you have like a blank calendar in front of you and do you just start filling out, okay, this photo and then this photo and then, you know, writing out the captions? Is that just kind of how you go about doing it. Uh, so for now, my students and I, in my program, we just did a 2019 planning session. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of looked at 2019 as a whole. And so what we did is like, what are the key events you're going to be covering? Um, what are the seasonal trends that you're going to be looking at and, and then working backwards on like, when are you going to start working with brands? So for right now, right, like it's holiday. And so looking at, you know, the big thing that's coming up is Valentine's Day in February. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is plan for January to reach out to brands if I'm doing like a Valentine's Day gift guide. Um, And in March, like spring comes up. So I'm going to start pitching uh, spring travel probably in February or March, like in uh, late February for March. And then when are you actually like putting into Planoly the actual photos and the captions and all that? Probably like a month ahead. Mm. Um, So like if I'm taking trips or things like that, um, I can put it in if it's something I need to do live. A lot of the brands, like I have to actually shoot for it. Um, So if those come up, like it takes them time to like send you the package and then you have to approve the concepts and then you have to do the shoot and then get approvals and all of that. So those are more real time, but my, my own content, my own organic content, I already know that I'm talking a lot about like January fitness and like I'm um, talking about new year, new you. So I'm already, um, I'm already using some of the content and planning that out now. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I think it's, it's just a, it's just a lot easier just to plan ahead of time. I know that there's people that still kind of on a day-to-day basis are like, okay, what am I going to upload? <laughs> That's so stressful mm, and so stressful. would give me so much anxiety. It's a nightmare. Like I feel like that's why I plan so much in advance and plan so much so that I don't have a day where I'm just like, what am I posting today? Exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> so much pressure, you guys. Don't do that. <laughs> it's so much pressure. But even say it's like someone who's not working with brands yet, because yours is a little more sophisticated in the sense that, yeah, you're working on campaigns and different stuff like that. But if you're not, if you're not even working with brands yet, and right now you're at that point of building and just focusing on your content, uh, it's hugely valuable to, and, and, and here's the thing, I need to be better at this too. You know, like I'm learning this too. This is something that is uh, not necessarily my strength. I'm a very spontaneous person. I'm like, okay, what am I upload? And, but like you said, it's like stressful. It's like, oh, what am I post today? Or what am I do today? And so I've gotten better at, okay, planning ahead of time. Cause then you can be more 
like you said this a little bit ago, you could be more thoughtful and intentional with your captions, what you're going to do. And I've actually found that to be the case. And, and that was something that was really interesting as I started moving in that direction. Yeah, definitely. Especially with video, right? Because you still have to shoot and you have to like make sure you have everything ready. And I feel like, you know, if you're doing kind of some big things that require multiple shoots, right, then that's going to give you some more time. Um, And you were saying like, you know, right now I'm working with campaigns and like working with brands already. I always tell my students, even if you're just starting out, you plan like you're already like a magazine. Mm -hmm. Like, even if no brand has worked with you, you are, you got to talk about it. Like it's your own show and it's your reality show. What are the episodes coming out and what do you want to talk about? And what are the things that you want your audience to be focused on, on that month? This is like your movie and you get to say, you get to say what that is. And that's like the fun part. Right. And so like, if you know, February is love month, like, are you going to do like a fashion guide or like, dating ideas or date ideas or gift ideas. Like that's really up to you. And uh, without the brand restrictions, you have more freedom. So you can actually be more creative. Sometimes people are like brands are the be all end all. And I love being sponsored, but there are restrictions and you have to go through like legal approvals and stuff like that. Now that you don't have that, like that's, that's where you can really have more fun and show your creativity and get to do stuff that you really want to do. Yeah. I think that's great. And it's like, like act as if already, right? Act yeah, as if definitely. you're you're already there. You're already at a hundred thousand followers. You're already working with brands, and you're creating that kind of content because that's how you're. You're not going to get there if you aren't acting like that already. So yeah, um, yeah. people were asking me like, when do I start like having like really nice photos? I'm like yesterday <laughs> <laughs> because like if brands see that your photos suck, like why would they hire you? Yeah. Like your, your photos are not going to improve just because a brand hired you, right? Yeah. Or wants to work with you. You have to show that even at, you know, 100, 500 followers, like your content's great. And maybe they're not going to pay you a lot uh, for your followers, but maybe they want you to create content for them. I know so many influencers that are micro influencers that don't have a lot of followers, but they're photos or their videos are such high quality mm -hmm. that they're actually paying for their content to repurpose for their own channels. Yes. Not just for their own, for the influencers following. I've seen that too. Actually, some of my students, that's exactly what happened. You know, they're creating such good content that they said, yeah, we're going to pay you uh, to do this collaboration, but we're also going to use that content because it's so good. And, you know, one even got, and I talked about it in one of my other podcast episodes, one of my bootcamp students, she got even got asked to be in a national commercial, like her, you know, part of her content. It was so well done. So um, there's a lot of really just interesting stuff going on right now in this influencer space, things that are just coming about just now in 2018, 2019, that um, just new ways of brands and influencers working together, because we're still in this beginning era of this incredible new world. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot. So true. I know like people are saying like, it's too late. There's so many people. I'm like, yeah, there's a million people who start and maybe like 10% are going to stay mm -hmm. because like we talked about, like their intentions or why they really want to do it. Usually the reason doesn't stick, right? Yeah. Because people give up, people get busy, people stop posting and then no one will find you because your content's old. And so when people ask me like, how important is consistency? I'm like, it's number one, right? Like it's really brands are looking and if they land on your page and see that you posted five days ago, like what, Kind, what does that say about the connection you have with your audience? Mm -hmm. If you are not connecting with your audience on a daily and regular basis, like how are you supposed to influence their decision about trying something out or, you know, trying out a product or trying out this brand that you're promoting if you only show up whenever you feel like it? Yeah, totally. And you mentioned, you know, brands finding you and brands will find you as is for Instagram specifically, because you know, YouTube is a search engine. So there's different ways to be found on YouTube because of that, that, you know, it's owned by Google and all that, but Instagram, not so much. So is it really through hashtags, reposting, or how are brands from a technical standpoint, actually finding influencers? So, um, on Instagram, definitely hashtags, locations, 
and then tagging inside the post. Mm. So for me, like I always get found when they're looking for LA influencers. I always get found with LA lifestyle. And because of my blog, I also have a lot of SEO um, and I do get found on Google. So sometimes they will. I mean, if you think about it, when you're looking for uh, you're looking for some an answer, you're looking on Google, right? So I've been found through Google. And that's why I really think that it's beneficial for influencers to have a website as well. Um, because they can be found there. But on Instagram specifically, definitely hashtags. Locations is a big one, um, especially if you're location-based because a lot of campaigns are based on the market. And so um, being uh, primarily my audience all in LA, that's like a big uh, win for me. And that's why I've been able to work with so many brands. So do you definitely recommend doing a location on every one of your posts? Yes, location, all maximized hashtags and tagging as many brands and other accounts that'll regram you uh, in your post is definitely a thing. And I know some people get lazy when it gets to Instagram stories, but mm-hmm. because that's searchable through hashtags and locations, um, I try to tag as many, all, all of my Instagram stories as well. Oh, hashtag, but you can only do a couple <laughs> hashtags for stories, right? You can do a lot, but I, I try to do like one to three, depending on, you know, what I'm posting. But I know people just want to just do it fast and everything. But again, like you got to think about this as a business. And if you want to be found and you want to optimize, then you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you're, I mean, yours is very location based and your feed is cool because you're going to all these different places. But if you're somebody who's maybe home a lot or like in your neighborhood, you just recommend just kind of posting your your city? Um, yeah, well, that's kind of why you need to plan it out. And so like, for example, if you live outside of a city or maybe, you know, you're not at a place where there's a lot of places to go to, that's why you plan those out. Mm -hmm. And so like, even me, even though it looks like I'm out all the time, I'm not out all the time, Erica. I'm usually at home working like you. Um, And so like, what I do is like, I plan them out and I have no shame in like posting things from from like not current because that's what you know hashtag travel Tuesday is for that's what hashtag TBT is for you know like it doesn't say anywhere that you have to be at that place today um or right now or you know recently so whatever the content fits like what I want the photo fits what the content I want it to be so it's like I'm talking about fitness or something like that it may not be from a photo that's like this from this month. It could be from a month ago, but it's still relevant. Yeah. It's relevant to that content and what you're posting about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people get hung up on that all the time. It's like, oh, I don't do anything fun. I'm like, well, schedule a fun day in your week and that's your shoot day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like go through some walls, like talk, like if you planned out what you're talking about or what you're writing about, then you should know, like, for example, for holiday, like I've been shooting a holiday content ever since there were holiday decorations up because Mm -hmm. I don't really do holiday decorations. So I've like been going to places that have Christmas trees and then getting my content there. You have to be resourceful. Yeah, you do. You have to really, really think about it and be like, okay, well, I'm dressed up, so I'm going somewhere. Well, this is my company holiday party. Well, actually, I should just take a picture here with this nice Christmas tree and make it look like insta-fabulous, you know? Definitely. <laughs> Even though it's just that's, some hotel or restaurant, so. That's a good one that you mentioned. It's like that when you're made up mm-hmm. and like I try to do all my stuff on the days that I, you know, put my makeup yeah. and dress up on because usually I don't look like that. Usually I'm in fitness clothes all day. Me too. At leisure. <laughs> That's what I call it. We're athletes. Yeah. Like all day. That, that's that's 100%. That's me too. And I hear you. So, all right. Well, this has been awesome. I love this conversation. And for people listening who just want to learn a bit more about you, about what you do, where is the best place for people to find you? Definitely. So if you're interested in looking at my LA Girl channel, that's the LAgirl.com. It's the LA Girl on Instagram. And if you're interested in how to get sponsored by brands as an influencer, you can go to the sparksociety.org or you can also find my free Facebook group on uh, Spark Society for Digital Influencers on Facebook. Awesome. Well, Gwen, thank you so much. You gave so much awesome information. I know that people listening right now are loving this. So thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me on, Erica. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. 
That is our interview. And if you enjoy this, please give the podcast a review. It helps so, so much. I will see you next week. Mwah.